Hi, welcome to season 11. Um, we've decided to tackle something that, you know, we've been hearing a lot about and seemed like it made sense to uh, start to open it up to you. Uh, again, I'm Mary Abazia and with me is Tom Spitali and Sean Wellam. We're from Impact Planning Group. And uh, this season is gonna be dedicated to uh, new frontiers. So Sean, do you wanna kind of head us off on this new frontier? Sure. What we were talking about, what we thought about was that the, the, um, the, the, the space in which everyone competes is changing, mainly driven by technology, uh, certainly over the recent years. Um, and it was really highlighted by, uh, and I can't credit this quote because I'm not sure exactly where I heard it, but it was uh, explaining how uh, the world's biggest hotel company, if you, if you describe a hotel as someone who rents rooms out, is uh, Airbnb who own no real estate and the world's biggest publisher is Facebook, but they own no magazines or, or books. Um, and, and the world's biggest taxi company is Uber and they don't own any vehicles. And what they do own is this, um, this, this connection point, this choke point between supply and demand. And they're, they're, they're creating this brand new marketplace out of information by people who want a certain thing and connect them with the buyers. And that's not a new concept. Marketplaces where, where farmers used to bring their goods to sell to a collection of buyers is, is a similar concept. It, it introduces buyers and sellers, but of course that was a physical space. Now with technology, we have the opportunity to do that on a much more less friction uh, filled environment where people can literally do it, do it on clicks. So that was the thing that got us thinking how, how much has changed. And of course, when you get change, you, you, you also have to cope with a bunch of new definitions. So now we hear about platforms and ecosystems as well as marketplaces. And I guess that's probably where we should start. This is trying to get at least our understanding or our definition of those, because it's, it's far from, agreed what each of these things mean. So do either of you want to have a, a throw your hat in the ring with a definition of, of platform and ecosystem? Mary, are you looking at me? <laughs> oh, I, I have a few things, but you go first, I'll follow your lead. Okay. So I think the way that I would define ecosystem is the broader context of use of your product or service. When I think of an ecosystem, I think of a security alarm manufacturer, right? And that security alarm manufacturer sells these devices that beep when somebody enters the home or the business, right? But the broader ecosystem that surrounds that could include cameras that are hooked up to that alarm. Um, you know, software or monitoring services that, you know, can respond, you know, to, to that system. And really a whole host of other things, a central, a central hub where you can, can look in one place for, you know, all of your security related things. And, and so, you know, to me, that is the definition of an ecosystem, this broader context within which a, a product may be used. And, and the reason that it's important 
goes back to what Sean was talking about, these marketplaces, these technology-driven marketplaces, make it really easy or easier for a customer, a buyer of an alarm to find the other things that go into that broader ecosystem. And because that's becoming so easy, so frictionless, and because as customers, we've always wanted the most frictionless possible experience, the ability to not just buy one piece of a component, but solve a, a, a broader need, marketers have to today think about ecosystems, the broader ecosystem that they're involved in and how they're going to play in it. Are you going to continue to just sell, you know, a single part of the entire system and be content to let the customer put together the entire solution? Or are you going to try to figure out how you play in that broader solution, whether you are going to create, now we'll talk about a platform, a platform where you can sell your product, but also make available other people's products? Or are you going to take your product and maybe not create that platform where the entire range of products and services can be bought? Or, but are you going to figure out how you can play effectively on someone else's ecosystem-based platform? So can I just, Tom, can I just jump in on that? Because yes. before we move on to platforms, the ecosystem, what I'm hearing is it's like it's connecting with an idea or a need. So that, that can be quite specific. And I was reminded of that time you and I worked in Vietnam and we worked with, not directly with this company, but we worked with, or we, we had um, uh, an individual work with us who was in the concrete business, which is a pretty yeah. tough business. And one of their ways, uh, one of their key markets was was the the self-build market. A lot of people design with architects and build their own homes in Vietnam at that time. And they wanted to supply the concrete and aggregate products for that. And they developed this, this essentially an ecosystem because it was information about building a home, regulations, planning, utilities, lots of information. Oh, and guess what? You know, a little bit of a nudge towards the product they were selling, but generally there to serve the the many questions that someone who was going down the self-build route would have. And that itself is an ecosystem linked by the idea. And the other one I wanted to throw in, because I really want to nail this concept of an ecosystem and differentiate it from a, a transactional platform. Um, if you, a lot of people have watched many more movies at home than they probably have done over the past 18 months, given the pandemic. One of the main resources for looking up movies is IMDB and the Internet Movie Database, which is owned by Amazon. They saw the ecosystem of people wanting to read up reviews on movies and so on and so forth and bought what was previously a user-generated system. It was a nonprofit. It was essentially just sharing information for movie geeks. But Amazon bought it. And, and now when you look at movies on that platform, you'll see it's now showing on Amazon Prime or it's available. They've connected this idea, this need into a broader ecosystem. And I think that's the, the key definition for me is, is, is it's not always transactional. It's, it's more informational in the ecosystem. I, I think, go ahead, Mary, please. Yeah, thank you. I want to add to, to what both you guys are saying, actually. Um, I, 
Sean had said that this starts with technology, but then Tom, you added that it has to be customer driven. And what is cool about what we're talking about, even with cement is it, it's all based on understanding customers' needs and going beyond. I mean, this is, this is a classic question is I sell, you know, concrete or I sell a hammer, but in this new way of thinking is the customer need is this. And then what are all the ways that I can bring partners in? How can I, as you were saying, Tom, how can I, how can I play in a very different space? Um, even uh, I have a friend that's in the insurance business, car insurance, and they are buying up all these other companies that provide platforms or more, you know, I guess they're platforms so that they have the car shows and because they are dedicated to that car buying experience and a car owning experience for these, these types of people. So they're trying to not only be a part of it, but, but really enhance that ecosystem by bringing different partners in and making everything accessible to their customer. So I, I, I like where we're going with the definition of an ecosystem. Well, I, in my opinion, the, you know, the ecosystem itself is that, that mental use case or broader set of needs that the customer has, right? And I, I believe that companies need to have ecosystem thinking in that they need to say, beyond the particular products that I sell, that what else do people do as they are trying or think about or buy or need to be informed of, as Sean is talking about, in order to do a job, so to speak, or, 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 or execute on, on something. To me, that's ecosystem thinking. And ecosystem is really, in my mind, this broad set of, of, of needs to do a job, if you will. Then to me, the platform is the, increasingly now, the digital place where you can actually access and purchase this broad range of ecosystem products. And so by that definition, if you agree with it, maybe the old farmer's market was a platform, you know, and the ecosystem was really all of the, you know, uh, ag agrarian agricultural or pr agricultural product needs that a, that a customer had. That's how I, in my mind, differentiate the two. Does that make sense to you guys? Agree, disagree? No, it makes sense. Makes sense to me, and I think it's an important distinction to to draw out this early on in this in this se season. Um, that, that we we have at least our definition, right? So when we're talking about something, we, we've got a clear definition of what it is. I'm sure other people will have. Um, slightly different views and it's the nature of change you know people interpret it in different ways but yeah no I, th I think that is a um, a pretty good starting point for a definition. Yeah I want to add to um, what you were saying Tom you had mentioned frictionless and for me um, both you had said frictionless and Sean has mentioned uh, chokehold in the past and I think that that really is Part of it. So if you're doing the analysis on your, you know, on your strategy, and you're trying to figure out what am I going to offer customers, um, that platform thinking should start to come about when you start to say first, what are those friction points or choke choke points that the customer is experiencing, um, and and there are ways. You know, we have a tool to actually even see where they stop or where they they kind of fall off the track. 
um, or where it's difficult for them to figure out it, to get information. Those are really big opportunities. So what I really like about the idea of a frictionless platform is that you can um, in, provide bridges or gateways for your customers to have a much easier way to, to buy things. And hopefully you, you figure it out and you benefit in some big way too, you know, that the customer wins and you win as well. And I think the other thing driving this is, is um, information is all out there now. We've got used to this over the past 20 years that pretty much anything you want to know is a few clicks on, on your phone um, or keyboard away, but they're very spread out, very disparate. And as these get more aggregated, as there's a central place to go, if you want to know something about X, as my example of the movie database, you will go to that space because it has all the information you could want. And then connecting that to other like-minded um, individual businesses or services, you increase the value. So you've got this sort of network effect that goes on as well. The more people that contribute to a specific ecosystem, particularly if it has a single gateway, like a, a, a toll bridge, you know, it's this single crossing point. And if you can, if you can be the people owning that toll bridge, then you've got a huge element of, of leverage because you're, you're collecting more and more of the demand side of the equation and feeding it through across the river into the, the supply side. And if you can own that choke point, then it has huge benefits. And if you can't, because not everybody can, you need to know where those bridges are and what constitutes the ecosystem and be very aware of how the different aggregations are building up rivals and who's going to win, right? Usually in these things, there's one dominant player. That's the thing that will play out, I assume. And you've got to make sure that if you're, if you're not lucky enough to own that, you've certainly got to be a prominent player within that ecosystem. I think you've got to be very proactive about those decisions, you know, um, because not everybody can own the platform. It's a huge undertaking to be that toll gate, right? I mean, I think it's, um, and, and first mover advantage in a particular industry or use case, if you will, or ecosystem, if you will, is going to have amazing um, benefits to it, right? So I think that a lot of the people in our audience are going to be saying, well, what do I do if I'm, if I'm not the, the platform owner, if I'm not the toll gate? And I think maybe future, as we kind of get into this season a little bit, some of our future topics can be what are the considerations there, you know, because if you're not going to be the platform company, um, you do have to do the things that Sean just mentioned. You have to try to figure out, all right, if there are competing platforms in our industry, am I going to be on all of them? Am I going to be on some of them? Which ones am I going to be on? And yeah. the, other, the other thing that happens with a platform, which is well, well played out on Amazon, is you still have to have differentiated value in some way because the nature of a platform is the platform provider wants as many suppliers on that platform as they can possibly get. I heard a definition this weekend about the, the goals of the platform and the goal of the platform is to drive friction and transaction costs down as far as they possibly can. That's a tricky place to play, right? Now you're there, you've not only got to stand out, you got to be really competitive on price. You've got to have a strategy. You know, you've got to be thinking about how you're going to to play in in this this new world, because, like I said, come back to the point, 
not everybody can own the platform, the toll gate that you're talking about, Sean. Yeah. And depending on the product, the differentiation becomes so important because you are going to get aggregated. You're going to get sucked into a, to a highly competitive place. Look at all the comparison sites for car insurance or for um, the, the sort of day-to-day products that, that we've all bought in the past. We used to rely on our local insurance broker or a local mortgage advisor. And these days, you have much more opportunity to, to scan the market yourself. And okay, some products are, are, are different. They're not such commoditized products that are frequently bought by a large number of people. But that trend, to some extent, will affect everybody. If you're buying hospital equipment of high value, there will be at some point a place to go to look at comparisons across all of your different sonic scalpels or your your ECG machines, those kind of things. It just makes sense for the market friction to be taken out and to make it a much more comparable and what economists have always talked about this highly functioning very open free market which is is good news for consumers but unless you're differentiated it can be bad news for suppliers (laughs) so we hope that uh, you're enjoying this uh, journey with us we're going to obviously go much deeper into ecosystems platforms and and look for really great examples as well as some bad examples. Uh, if you enjoy our podcasts, you can join us on uh, theaccidentalmarketer.com, really anywhere you get your podcasts. And we love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks.